Today's episode of Your Stories is sponsored by Overcast, a better podcast app than whatever you're using right now, unless you're using Overcast. Get Overcast for free on the App Store. Your Stories is a wonderful opportunity to share all the highs and lows of being a nerd. You know that hobby you have that you don't talk to anyone about? It's a secret you don't like to share because it might make you feel weird. Maybe you're into something different. Uh, comic books, fantasy football, push-ups. Your stories to me has been this really kind and welcoming space where people just have the guts to be really honest and they share their voices and their stories with everyone there. No questions asked. Uh, I've heard stories about all those things. Uh, maybe not, not a lot of push-ups. I maybe haven't heard a lot of stories about push-ups. The Nerdalogs is group therapy meets Toastmasters. I know there's always a place where my odd thoughts and unusual habits will be welcomed and championed in a warm, supportive environment by other nerds just like me. And what's fun is you'll see people in the audience one month, and then all of a sudden they uh, go up and tell their story. So your story becomes their story and their story is your story and then it's our story and then it's a podcast so it's everybody's story and then you've shared it and gosh that's great huh and even if you don't think you're a nerd you probably are it's easily the most midwestern thing i've ever been a part of Hey everybody, I'm Eric Garneau and this is the Nerdalogs Presents Your Stories podcast. If you heard last week's episode, you know that right now I'm a little nostalgic for my 2017 tour. In fact, a year ago today, I was in Seattle for a killer show, um, so I wanted to take some time on the pod to look back at some of the other times the nerds took our show on the road. So, this week's flashback episode is the second part of our first ever show recorded outside Chicago from the January 2015 Midwinter Gaming Convention in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. This show features a bunch of the other podcasters and personalities who were set up at the con, a great group of folks who all became friends of us. Uh, It also features the return of Nerdalogs member Steve Persh, who'd moved to Milwaukee a few months prior. Uh, This crowd really picked up on the fact that Steve was super popular and in demand as a storyteller, as you will hear in this episode. Uh, Myself, Dwight Hassler, and Claire Friedman provide the music because, hey, this was 2015. So it's been really fun going back and listening to these road shows. Um, I always wanted to tour, and looking back on your story's history, it's pretty awesome to me how often we got to take this show outside of its home base and collect awesome stories in strange new lands like uh, like Milwaukee. <laughs> Next week, we'll be looking back to our first foray into Los Angeles, and then a few weeks after that, I'll have some brand new exciting material that's yet to be recorded uh, from Chicago, so that's some fresh entertainment for you. Uh, speaking of that, I'll have info on our next live show next week, so stay tuned for that. Uh, but for now, situate yourself in a specific time and place. Let's just say uh, Milwaukee Midwinter 2015. Here you go. So this was my choice for a uh, role model. I realized a couple... This is a while ago. I realized that everyone I look up to, like, creatively, is far too busy for their own health. Like, if you look at the people I admire, like, uh, we're talking, like, Scott Aukerman in comedy, who, like, 
40 episodes of a TV show plus at least 52 free podcasts this year. That's insane. Charles Sewell, he's a comic book writer. He writes like five or six monthly titles. Also is in a band and is a lawyer. Okay? <laughs> he's a lawyer who writes like six monthly comic books. Uh, and I'm then James sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> and then there's this lady, uh, Nico Case. Who is in the new pornographers and she is a successful solo act and uh, I love everything she does and she, I read an interview with her that taught me a very important lesson because I am a person who keeps unreasonably busy with two jobs and with these wonderful people that sometimes, god damn it, you just have to say no. And uh, I really respect that. It kind of bit me in the ass because I won uh, tickets to like do a VIP backstage thing for the new pornographers, and she wasn't there because she said no to hanging out before the show. But that's okay. That's that's. I'm glad she took time for herself, guys. She was the only person whose signature I didn't get, but I'm glad she took time for herself. Anyway, this is like the only Nico Case song that's ever been a single, which is a fucking joke, but whatever. <laughs> this is called uh, People Got a Lot of Nerve. Sarah, babe. Thank you. Thank you. I'm actually really glad you didn't play Love Gun. So thank you. Doesn't translate as well. Yeah, I oh, that damn song. Um, so this really doesn't have much of a role model thing to it as far as the story, but it is a story that. Uh, my mentor basically 
loves to hear and loves to give me tons of shit about. And pretty much everyone I know will never let me forget it. So I like to kind of share it as a beware, do not do this story. So about eight years ago, I'm in Gen Con Indy. And we were staying in the embassy. You know, big fuck off <laughs> elevators that never work. Um, another great fact about that, they have a two-hour happy hour. Free drinks. Two hours. <laughs> Free drinks. I'm from Wisconsin. <laughs> Free drinks. So I'm two-fisting it for the entire two hours getting blasted out of our minds. Everyone with me, shit-faced. And then we go back up to our hotel room, and one of our friends is like, hey, there's some people from our RPG net that are down a couple floors down having their little party thing. And I'm like, oh, yeah, true, let's go, I like people. So I went down there, and I was like, oh, my God, people. And they're like, yeah, what's up? I'm like, whoa. And I was like, hi, really tall guy. He's like, Hi. I'm like, how are you? He's like, good. He's like, I'm from Hawaii. I'm like, that's great. And started talking to this guy. Um, I just refer to him as Hawaii guy because I don't remember his name. I don't know if I ever got it. So talking to this guy. And somehow the idea of let's go up to his hotel room came up. And I'm like, yeah, I love people. Let's go talk. I like things. So we go up to his hotel room, like four floors up. And the door's latched. And he's knocking on the door. And his roommate, person he was there with, just passed out. So I'm like, let's go down to my hotel room. Everybody's still awake. We'll go call him and then we'll come back up and we'll talk. It'll be so much fun. Oh my god, I love people. I met Gen Con. Yay! So we did that. We went downstairs. We called <laughs> his roommate. Woke him up. And all of my friends are like, you okay, Sarah? I'm like, yeah. Yeah, we're good. We're good. Um, I found out later that one of my friends actually watched me <laughs> and figured out which hotel room I walked into as I went up. Mm-hmm. So, yay, friends. <laughs> Love them. And we go back up to this guy's room. Might have stepped in some puke in the hallway. I don't know. <laughs> it's ridiculous. And I'm this whole time, I'm just like, oh, my gosh, I'm at Gen Con. It's the day before Gen Con. I totally hammered. I love people. I love nerds. This is the best thing ever. And this guy's from Hawaii. And he's really tall. So we go up to the hotel room. (laughs) Finally, and it's open. And he pulls out the couch bed. Like you do. And I'm like, yeah, this is awesome. We're going to totally just, great. I love people. I love meeting new people. And we start talking about things. And like, I'm just sitting there. And he starts moving a little closer and a little closer. And I'm like, yeah, I freaking love Gen Con. This is so much fun. I'm a nerd. Yay. He's like, oh, what kind of games do you like playing? I'm like, I love Vampire. It is like my favorite game. It's the game that I started playing. You know, it just, I've had the most fun with those games. Longest running characters, all that good fun stuff. And at this point, I have failed every single notice roll that I could have failed. Absolutely every single one. I failed a wisdom roll when I started that drinking at that happy hour. I failed a notice roll when I stepped in that puke. I failed a notice roll whenever he was talking. No idea. Just completely blank. Wee, I love people. And then, after I say I enjoy vampire, he takes his hand, 
puts it on my thigh and says, Vampire's such a sensual game. <laughs> Claxons are going off, and I'm like, shit! What have I done? I'm hammered in a stranger's hotel room in a town I do not live in. What the fuck am I doing? And I'm like, oh man, yeah, oh geez, you know what? My boyfriend is like two floors down. Um which he was. Sorry, sweetie. <laughs> Sorry, sweetie. <laughs> I, I love you so much, honey. <laughs> I'm like, I'm so sorry. I mean, it's really fun talking to you. This is great. Uh, uh, but I, I really got to go. I mean, all my friends are down there. You know, my boyfriend's down there. And, you know, I really love him. And he's great. And um, I, I'm so sorry. Sorry. So I walked out. And we're staying in the same hotel room, too. Don't see hide or hair of him for the rest of the convention. Like, and granted, this was, you know, Gen Con's a big deal. But we were, like, two floors away from each other on, like, the same side. <laughs> Never saw him again. And uh, that is my... Sarah doesn't have any sort of knowledge as to when people are trying to hit on her. <laughs> and I'm also very glad that I have lots of friends who uh, watch my ass, even though I'm kind of stupid. And uh, really glad I don't drink that much anymore. So, <laughs> yeah. Vampire, sensual game. <laughs> Man, no one told me Vampire was sensual. I will totally play that game now. <laughs> Guys, when's the, when's the Vampire? It, there's actually one like right now, isn't right there? Like, now. We're, we're probably all missing it. Yeah. People make it up in the hallways. Nice. Do you have to like roll for that? Do you have to roll up a character? Can you just like jump right in? I'm, this, is, this is a bit, and I feel really shitty about it right now. So let's just go on to our next speaker from Nerd's Domain. This is Matt Quiet. So, uh, hi guys. Eric sent me a message on Facebook and said, hey, I saw you're going to be a podcaster at this whole uh, midwinter thing. Would you like to be part of our show? And I said, yeah. He said, okay, well, two things. Be respectful. I'm going to check time real quick. And keep it under five minutes. Notice why I'm checking time. And I thought, man, be respectful. I mean, our stuff is usually PG-13. I keep it calm. So I'll keep that in mind. Little did I know that the be respectful meant something completely different than what I was thinking. So uh, I'm going to amend my story that I originally had and actually put in words that I would use in normal language and not just on our site. <laughs> the second thing is, uh, five minutes, really? That's it? She'll tell you that I'll talk for an hour. In fact, she said it in our last podcast that we recorded on this stage. <laughs> so in 1997, I started my first real job, and those are giant quotes. Uh, for years before that, I had delivered papers as a uh, poor street urchin. Uh, my mother and brother decided that delivering papers every morning at 5.30 in the morning was a great way to start the day, and I wanted to earn money, so I started doing it at the ripe age of 12, because it's not a job, so there's no laws against it. So after all of that, I got a job at Subway, got hired by a guy for more than minimum wage, which was, that's fantastic, and I thought it was a great job. Little did I know that Subway will suck your soul out of your body just like any other fast food place, which is ironic because I work for McDonald's now in the office. It's a totally different thing. Um, (laughs) 
Well, I'd like to apologize to uh, Mr. Eric Moore if he ever hears this. He's my boss, also a former NFL player who makes way too much money owning way too many McDonald's. Mr. Moore, I love you, and I appreciate the job. Thank you. Um, so uh, I started at Subway, and the guy that hired me was Doug Winagle. Um, Doug was a very um, outgoing man, a very powerful man in personality, but he was also um, – very similar to Matthew McConaughey, that he had enough narcissists to fill this room and probably three others. Um, but he gave me my first player's handbook for second edition D&D. I had been told since I was a wee lad that uh, Dungeons and Dragons was the devil, and if I were to ever play it, I would be the devil, and that was unacceptable in our home. Um, so he gave this to me out of the goodness of his heart, I guess. I'm not quite sure what the thought process was there between a 28-year-old man and a 14-year-old child. But it never went anywhere bad, and we were friends years later, so I guess I came out all right. Um, but I started with that player's handbook, and uh, was op- my eyes were open to this world of Dungeons and Dragons. I had read books before with you know the, your, your, your Margaret Weiss and Tracy Hickman books and stuff like that for years. But this was my first chance to tell the stories or be part of the stories, and that was very important to me. Um, and so I played D&D for years, and that was the start of it. And the first game I ever went to, though... Um, and this is actually the story of how our website and podcast came to be, because I am the driving force behind it, um, slave driving force, if you ask Shirley, but driving force, if you ask anybody like me, mostly just me, I think I'm the driving force. Um, Jesse, Jesse, I met at our first game. Jesse's uh, a larger man. Um, we were in high school. It's a little odd. Um, he has such uh, hobbies as uh, panning for gold. And going to SEA, but not for the fighting. He just wants to do the crafts. Um, he often tells me, I don't know if I can record that night because i got to play WoW with my family. <laughs> okay. I, I once went to his house and sat down on his, what I assume was a chair under all the stuff. Um, and this was when he was in high school. And the chair started cursing at me. And when I got up, there was a Furby that he had taught nothing but cuss words. <laughs> This is Jesse, Jesse who I love, and I'm very happy he's part of the podcast because he brings all those aspects in. And so I went to my first game, met Jesse, and that he has been part of my role-playing life since day one. Um, I have a, a very talented cousin who's an artist who does all of the art for our website. John, um, he was very much into the same things I was. And so when he would come and stay for the weekend or for the week, we would sneak and look at the book that I hid for years from my mother. Little did I know that I was an idiot child and she was an adult. And she searched my room for things like drugs and found D&D and went, man, I guess it's not that bad. <laughs> um, so Johnny and I, uh, for years, we talked about comic books and, and, and role-playing games and all that stuff. And he is very much like me in a lot of ways. So I always had that kindred spirit along with me. Um, he's the second part of our, or well, I guess besides me, he's the second part of our four-part team that started the website. Um, so for years I played D&D, and eventually I got a job at, a, at a, another soul-sucking place, <laughs> uh, Cummins Engine Corporation, where I worked in the factory doing mindless crap that didn't do real well for my creative mind. Um, I ended up working with a man named Scott McIntosh, who um, is not friends with me anymore, and we don't speak. But that's the way that LARPing goes, because he, because he took me into a LARP, and I played my first vampire game, which is very sensual. <laughs> um, so he took me to my first vampire game, 
And literally at the end of the night, he turned to me and said, you know, I'd really like you to help me run this game. And I'm like, oh, LARPing. Wow, there's a lot going on there. This is in D&D where we sit down each week and no big deal. This is a lot. And then my friend, my now friend Scott said, eh, rules are not important. Rules don't matter at all. What matters is telling the story. And you can tell a story. Everybody can tell a story. You'll, you'll be fine. So six months later, I was running the LARP by myself, um, doing okay. It was an all right game. And, and that grew into a very big obsession with LARPing because unlike Dungeons & Dragons where I sit at a table and roll some dice and do some stuff, LARPing became this thing where I could become someone else and, and explore aspects of myself, um, explore aspects of where I wanted to go or what I would love to do if I had billions of dollars because every vampire has way too much money, obviously. And that led to several years of LARPing and then a burnout on LARP, as also happens in LARP. Um, and when I eventually came back, a friend of mine named uh, Jason, uh, he said, hey, dude, come to my game. Hey, dude, come to my game for about eight months. And finally I said, you know what? Fine, fine, I'll go to the game. And I went for a couple of months and it went well and I became powerful in the game and I took over the city and I became prince and so on and so forth. <laughs> and then this girl shows up. And as as I was trying to be polite and happy and nice, I said, hi, how's it going? I assumed she was new. I hadn't seen her for six months. I'd been in the game six months. Never seen this girl. Well, she comes in. I, I introduce myself. We talk. But there was something about her that was different. And later that night, uh, it came out that I might have sent a lackey to go destroy a bar to make a point to another character that I was in charge and they were not. Little did I know that that bar actually belonged to this young lady, and that was the night that I met Shirley, and we ended up nose-to-nose screaming about who owned this fucking city, and you will get the fuck out. And that were not, those were not my words. Those were hers. And that passion um, that, I ex- that I experienced from her led very quickly to a relationship. Um, that that as as of uh, thirty five minutes from now will be our sixth anniversary, Aww. which she for, forgot the date on, and I'm the only one that remembers. <laughs> um, but uh, so just over six years ago, we met each other in this way, and 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 that has driven our relationship. So I took these four people that were very important in my role playing life, and I built this website around it. Shirley brought me into writing for stuff for another website, and then I went, you know what? This there's not enough organization here. I need a driving force. I'm going to do my own thing. And so, so for two and a half years, we've been running the site. We've been podcasting for two years. We've we've done our nerds domain stuff. We've had great people like Candace McClure and um, Max Grodinchik. Um, we've talked to people like Greater Than Games and Cubicle 7, uh, Modifius Games, all these wonderful people. I met one of my favorite... Uh, I No, I have time. No, I don't. <laughs> um, so I, I met all these great people all because when I was 14, someone said, I love role-playing. Here's a book. So while Doug and I don't talk anymore, I do think fondly of him because he gave me the insight into this and the first step into this. And if it weren't for that and if it weren't for role-playing games, I wouldn't be here today. I never would have come to, to Milwaukee. I wouldn't have met Shirley. I wouldn't have had these connections with all these great people. So that's my story. Thank you, Matt. Congratulations.
that and Shirley. Because I've done like a total 180 on Vampire. Let's just call through the show and like fucking play right now. All right. We got three more stories tonight. Our last speaker from Plot Point, Mr. Brad Davies. Guys, just hold it like one more story. Good? All right, cool. So, uh, first things first, role models. You've seen that movie, right? Yeah. Most people? Yeah, a lot of people. Uh, if you haven't, it's basically some guys that got in some trouble, had to do community service, helped out some kids. They turned out to be LARPers, and wacky hijinks ensue. Okay? Second thing is, the dick is his gun, Ronnie. The dick is his gun. <laughs> Those who haven't seen it will remember. All right. <clears throat> so I had my own moment like this. Went to Bristol Run Fair. It was pretty cool. Hanging out with some buddies. They've been up for a while. And uh, we go to, like, the, the LARP uh, boffer sword pit, and there are people boffer sword fighting and stuff like that. And I was like, oh, that's kind of cool. I was like, well, it's kind of cool. I don't know if I really want to do it. And my buddy says, hey, they're doing tag team, like, two, two on two. Let's do it. Why not? Come on. I was like, all right. Paid my, like, two, three bucks, whatever it was. Jumped in. Started playing. So we got in there, and it was like, you fought with your boffer swords, and if you got one tag, you're done, Right. And I never really boffer sword fought myself. Um, I had done some fencing, done some historical fencing. So I was like, okay, this is cool. So the first guy comes up, and they're standing there. It's like, I am Thorbar Grodsmash of the Toad Clan. With his, like, armor and everything, his big sword. I'm like, all right. And uh, so he gets all ready, and he does this. <laughs> For those of you playing at home, mash up every single crappy sword and sword, uh, sword and sandal movie you've ever seen in your life, and that's how they like warmed up. I don't know. Uh, and I'm like, okay, cool. And I come up and I go, ha! Now imagine a gunslinger standing there, dead-eyed, with his swords out or guns out, really. I was like, all right, cool. Here we go. And they said go. And the guy comes up and goes, and I went, boop, done, gone. <laughs> I got this. This is cool. So we won the first one. We're like, all right, that was, yeah, whatever, luck. We'll, we'll, we, won't, we won't do so well. Then we won the second one. Then we won the third one. Then we won the fourth one. People are like, who are these guys? Then we won the fifth one. See, now the reason why this was probably happening is there's very two distinct styles going on here. The LARP style, like I said, is every single terrible sword and sandal movie you've ever seen in your life where it's just these big wild swingies and, you know, how you think you should sword fight. I had done Fabrice style, which was with a rapier, which is actually a historical style, which teaches you the first thing about sword fighting is not to get stabbed. <laughs> Completely disparaging styles because the people would rush in charging and I would stab them because I learned the first move really well. Don't get stabbed. <laughs> <laughs> so we kept going and we kept going and like I think we were like seven, eight in, and this guy comes up and goes, "Dude, what LARP guild are you in?" <laughs> Wait, what? Come on, what LARP guild are you in? He's had some martial arts fightings, and I've done historical fencing. The guy's like, "No, come, on. no, really, what, what, what LARP? Guild? No, I'm serious." And this guy just like looks at me, he's like. Oh man, uh, like I blew his mind. Like I, I think he went home and like rethought his whole whole fighting style or something. It was it was just he had a tabard on and everything, <laughs> gone. So uh, we kept winning. I'm like, and Josh is like, 
And uh, eventually we lost to the guys who owned the booth for LARPing and sword fighting at the con. <laughs> and they were like, well, if you guys want to join us, you know, that'd be cool. So. And we're like, oh, no, 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 we're not for here. But thank you. So moral of the story is uh, you may not like the thing, but you could be a role model for someone in that. So <laughs> there you go. <laughs> I kind of want to go home and watch Monster Camp. You guys ever seen that movie? Yeah. It's really good. It's like interesting and sometimes funny and sometimes very sad. Claire, didn't you watch that on Valentine's Day with a guy? Isn't that a story you told once? No. My, uh, my first ever boyfriend in high school watched that on Valentine's Day by himself. Because he didn't cool. believe in Valentine's Day and I was trying to be a cool girlfriend. Oh. How'd it work out? Oh. <laughs> All right, let's transition to guys. So this next speaker, uh, a, a Nerdalogs member, uh, not even emeritus. He's he's a, still a full participating member, even though he left Chicago for Milwaukee about a year ago. He still does all our tech. He communicates often. Still submits sketches and does edits on shows. Uh, he is a great dude, and I know you've been waiting to do this all show. So let's get it going. Steve, 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 Steve. Steve, Steve Love the Steve chant. Thanks, everybody. Uh, as Eric mentioned, I moved up to Milwaukee uh, back in June. I grew up in Milwaukee until I was 18. I went to college in Chicago, there for 11 years, back in Milwaukee now. Uh, my fiance, Paige, is uh, a doctor at the medical college. That's what brought us back up here. Medical college. Let's talk about it after. Great. Uh, I only got five minutes, and I need to start with the controversial confession, which is, I don't like party games. If I'm at a party and people say, let's play Scrabble or charades or categories, I, I think, no. <laughs> Why would I want to do that? We're at a party. People are talking. Let's just chat and have a normal party. If people say, we're having a gaming party, that's great. I found out today that the Green Bay Packers have gotten really into Settlers of Catan. <laughs> Did anyone else read about this in the Wall Street Journal today? The... Uh, the offensive line in particular, David Bakhtiari, uh, I think is one of the leaders of it, uh, Matt Flynn, backup quarterback, have super gotten into Settlers of Catan, which I think is great. Uh, if it's like, go to a party for gaming, that interests me. Uh, just doing charades because we're hanging out, not so much. I, I even perform comedy sports. Uh, James, guy who told the story earlier, was talking about David Lane, his... Uh, role-playing role model. He's a player at Comedy Sports, too. I love him. He takes games super seriously. We do silly games. We take it seriously, though. Um, it's a show that's for those kinds of games. Um, you know, in, in high school, I, I temporarily lost some friends, regained them eventually because I was treating school like too much of a game. Uh, it was a great point average. Like, there are points. We get points. This, of course it's a game. Um, but like I said, you can take that too far. You need to know where that line is between the game world and a more normal, sociable world. Um, I feel like the Nerdalogs is a great handle on, on this line. Uh, about a year ago, we took a retreat over to this nice cabin in Michigan. Just drove over there for a weekend. It was mostly hanging out, drinking, Food, relaxation, but I knew there'd be some games. At some point, someone would say, "Hey, let's uh, let's play a game." Okay, fine. 
We can do that. Uh, Kevin, one of the founders of the Nerdalogs, brought a game that he had just started developing. It was literally drawn onto index cards. No one had ever played it before. It's called Fisticuffs. It was a pretty simple game mechanic. We had uh, D20s to track our health. We're playing these cards that do damage against the other characters. We've got cards that can protect us, that can increase the damage we're inflicting. We're really enjoying this, and I found that the Nerdalogs was really, we were good amongst ourselves at balancing that line between we're playing the game, we're trash-talking, but we're also being ourselves. It's basically what we do in our shows. We'll do a show where we're heightened versions of ourselves. We need to get from the north side of Chicago to the south side of Chicago to defeat the evil dragon that lives in U.S. Cellular Field, where the White Sox play. This was an actual show that we did. (laughs) And then we interrupt the show and do actual monologues as our actual selves. Um, And over the course of playing Fisticuffs, we're finding, like, we really enjoyed this game. It's getting heated. It's getting intense. I think Claire won the second round because she built up all of the defenses and no one could do any damage on her. (laughs) And uh, even though she didn't have... Many great attack modifiers. She had all the defenses, so Claire wins. Uh, and, and what I liked most about it was we could then talk about the game critically. Kevin was bringing this game to the group because he wanted feedback on it. He wanted us to give suggestions on what cards could we add if this is a boxing-themed game. What other cards can we add if we want this old-timey boxing feel? How can we make the game more enjoyable? Should it be more people? Should there be... Uh, more defense cards. Uh, this idea that we can have fun with a game and then give criticism on it. Give constructive criticism on it. This idea that we can have fun and take our fun really seriously. That we can analyze our fun and think about how do we improve our fun for the next time. Um, is the kind of thing that, that makes me really glad to be a part of the Nerdalogs. Make me feel connected to the group even though I'm not there. Uh, physically in Chicago, and it makes me feel at home with guys like Dave Lane at, at Comedy Sports here in Milwaukee. Um, so thanks, everybody. Man, Steve, it is, it is cool to see you back on the stage. Steve and Claire were the first two speakers on the Your Stories podcast. This was before they even were members of the Nerdalogs. This was before I was a member. I just made the podcast because I was like, this seems like a cool thing to do. Let me make something for you. What a what a dumb child I was. No, guys, turned out great. We have one more speaker tonight. He is one of the guests of honor of Midwinter Gaming Convention, as you'll see on his his lanyard, which is super fancy. Also, just a super fucking cool guy. He is one of the the creators, hosts, etc. of Saving Throw, which is a a how to. Uh, show it like explains kind of how to play various role playing games, which is super great. This is Ben Dunn. Yeah, my thing says special guest on it. So, uh, no, but everyone here has been really great, and I'm sorry that I'm closing out the show because <laughs> um, I'm going to ramble for 20 minutes. Um, so I, uh, I've, I've never, up until about two or three years ago, played RPGs, role-playing games, anything. I've been RPG adjacent most of my life. <laughs> Um, like, okay, so when I was a young child, I used to love playing on the Apple IIe, and one of my favorite games was from SSR, uh, Gemstone Warrior. No? Okay, cool. 
there's a really cool website out there right now that you can play it, and I've been playing it at work instead of doing work. Um, the game mechanics are awful. Uh, but because of that, like, one of my friends found out that I would play this, and he's like, oh, SSR, that's like the D&D. Uh, you should play D&D with us. And I was like seven or eight, and uh, I was like, yeah, I'll play Dungeons & Dragons. I've heard about this. This sounds great. My parents heard about me wanting to play this and they freaked out um, because I think someone said it before uh, devil, demon, dungeons and dragons so they sat me down and showed me mazes and monsters <laughs> and I did not want to play D&D anymore because I did not want to go Tom Hanks crazy um, so I didn't for a very long time and then like flash forward to when I was uh, I think I was 13 and a bunch of my friends got into Magic the Gathering and I tried to play Magic the Gathering it was so boring um, sorry guys I can't I can't play Magic I can't play Magic but but one of my friends was like oh well there's another game that's like Magic you should play it you like vampires play Vampire Jihad and Vampire Jihad is fantastic. It is. It is so good, and I'm so sad. It's, it's not around anymore, right? It's gone. CCP didn't want to pay the uh, licensing rights to uh, Wizards of the Coast. Yeah, okay, so it makes complete sense. Um, but yeah, so I played the crap out of Vampire Jihad. And one of my other friends, as it's... This is, uh, this is going to be a continuing story. Like, one of my friends found out I was playing Vampire Jihad. He was like, oh... Well, you know that's based on a role-playing game called Vampire the Masquerade. You should join my game. And I did. And I played one game with him. And he was the biggest asshole DM. <laughs> because he sent us out on a mission. And, you know, one of the things that we should have thought of when he said it, he was like, you notice it's a little bit early. You feel a little bit groggy. And you go out. Turns out it was during a solar eclipse and he kills us. He party wipes us. And I'm like, well, this is kind of shitty. If this is what D&D and all this role playing is, I don't want any of it. Um, so flash forward again to uh, my senior year. Uh, my friends and I spent all of senior year fixing up a van. And we were going to go on a road trip after uh, we graduated. And we did. And we ended up in Colorado Springs. Um, I don't know where this was because it was the middle of the night. We needed to find a place to stop, and we found a campground, and they put us at the top of, like, a mesa. And uh, it was all dark, and we set up our tent, and we went to sleep, and we woke up in the morning to the sounds of war. And it turned out that at the bottom of the level uh, was completely rented out by... Um, what is that? Society for Creative Anachronism. And they were having a huge battle. And... I lost my goddamn mind because I was like, did we go back in time? Because there's a bunch of people down there. I thought they were real swords at the time, just like whacking on each other. And we just sat there and drank our coffee, just staring at this massacre that was happening down there. And I found out later that I was LARPing and I was like, oh, that's LARPing. That would be kind of cool. And then, like, I talked to some of the people, and they were like, oh, yeah, you should play. And I tried. And kind of like your story, I've, I'm trained as a, like, I did a lot of fencing training in high school and then later in college. And I was trying to do that, and they're like, no, bam. I'm like, whoa, okay, um, you're really into this, and I don't. So, so I, I never LARPed, uh, unfortunately. <laughs> okay, so 
Flash forward to now. Um, about two years ago, I decided I wanted to start doing stand-up. And one of the jokes that I had written uh, was about fantasy football. Um, and I was like, fantasy football, it's like Dungeons & Dragons, because that's an original idea. Um, but I wanted to like make it right, so I talked to my friend Dom, Dom Zook, who is the creator of Saving Throw. And I've known him for years. We've, we're part of a production team together. And he's been playing D&D since he was, I think he's since he was 12. And uh, and I knew that, so he was like, oh, well, let me teach you D&D. And I'm like, you know what? I'm going to finally do this. And I sat down, and he he showed me this, and it was amazing. Like, he sat, uh, you know, we, we talked for hours and hours just about the mechanics of it, and we rolled up and it took, like, probably about four hours for me to roll my first character that I'm still playing today because I have a really nice DM who doesn't party wipe. <laughs> Uh, who is Ivan Van Norman, who is also king of the nerds, and he's uh, one of the co-hosts of Saving Throw. And we're going to be on the stage tomorrow at 2 Okay. Um, they told me to plug, so I did. <laughs> we'll be here tomorrow at 2 p.m. Anyway, um, but yeah, so it, that is how Saving Throw happened, was because they needed to teach me, and they were, like, so loving. And since then, like, I love role-playing games because it gives me a chance to unleash my inner asshole um because i play a fighter guys i have no finesse um i'm garthok uh the drunkard um so i'm really good at drinking and fighting and oh not really good at fighting because i suck at rolling dice um i really do like everything i curse every die i touch um but it's still fun. And I guess what I'm saying is my role model to keep in... I don't know why I'm doing Billis Preston hands. Um, <laughs> but my role model is Dom Zook. Uh, just because he's the one who like lovingly embraced me and said, I know that you had all of these horrible experiences. Well, not really horrible, but like detriments in your nerdy life leading up to this. But here, come to the fold. And I, I love it. So thanks, Dom, and thank you for listening. Bye. Guys, this has been super fucking cool. Thank you all so much, everyone who, who listened and told the story. And you're a great crowd. Like, this is a lot of fun. Hopefully we'll do this again next year. Uh, come back and support everyone who was here, because they'll be back in this room tomorrow or Sunday. Uh, and it's going to be a really good time. I have to go work this thing called a pre-release tomorrow uh, in the afternoon, because, you know... Some of us like magic pays our bills, so like we gotta go, gotta go be a slave for a while. But you know, not everyone hates magic. It's cool, Ben. I still love you. Yeah. No. Man, that sounds fun. Wasn't it called just jihad at first, and they had to add like vampire because like. Yep. Yep. There you go. So one more song close out the night. I hope you guys sing along. If you've ever listened to me on the podcast, or really just as a person, you will know how I feel about this next artist. And so when the topic is role models, well, there's nowhere else to go. Hi. That's funny. <laughs> One, two, three, four. Glory and suicide.
This has been a Nerdalogs production. For more on the Nerdalogs and our shows, please go to www.nerdalogs.com. Thank you all. Thank you all. I am Grabbot23548X.